Hey guys, I'm Pastor Jason Shirley. I'm the associate pastor right here at Word of Life Church in Carlsbad, New Mexico. And I'm really excited that you have joined us today online. Just a couple of things. I want you to drop us a line if you're watching wherever in the world and let us know where you're watching from. We would love to hear from you. Second, if you want to partner with us today in a financial way, then you can give by texting 84321 and just text your amount, or you can go to our website, wolcarlsbad.com, and you can click the Give tab and give that way. The last thing today is that if you have any needs or anything like that that we can partner with you on, then drop us a line and send us that, and we're going to partner with you in prayer. I believe today is going to be a wonderful day. I want you to open up your heart to receive from the Word of God today and always remember that God is madly in love with you. Let's get to the service. Today we're going to start talking about faith over fear. Faith over fear. Now, I see this on on shirts and on memes all the time where we're talking about faith over fear, but the problem is that even though we talk about faith over fear and we say faith over fear, the reality is that a lot of us don't live faith over fear. We live fear over faith. We live going from wave to wave and, and movement to movement and anything that goes on and we're up and we're down and we're up and we're down. How do we live faith over fear? That's extremely important. And so we're going to open up the Word of God and see what God has to say about living faith over fear. But I want to open in prayer. And then we'll jump right into the word today. Father God, we thank you today that your word is spirit and life to us. God, we thank you today that you have chosen us for this time, for this purpose, to be messengers of your love. God, we are agents of your love today. And so we ask you to speak to our hearts today through your Holy Spirit. Reveal truth to us so that we can go out and impact the world around us. We give you thanks, we give you praise in Jesus' name, amen, amen. Is there a little bit of static? I'm hearing some static. Um, Is it on the broadcast or we're good? Okay, all right. As long as as we're good, I can deal with a little bit in here. Praise God. We're talking about faith over fear. And the first place I want you to go is 1 John chapter 4, verse 17 and 18. 1 John 4, verse 17 and 18, and it says this, Love has been perfected among us in this. So the first thing I want to point out is that love has been perfected in us. That word just means come to completion or made whole or made mature. Love has been perfected, completed, made perfect, made whole, made mature in us. It has come to its fullness. Now, I want to ask you this. How many of you walk in the fullness of love? Would you say this, that 100% of the time, 24-7, 365, I walk in love towards everybody? I would say this, that if you sit here and you're like, Pastor, that's me. I walk in love 24-7, 365. You are a liar. You don't walk in love 24-7, 365. But God says here, Through John, love has been perfected in us. So let me go on. He says that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. I can stand in boldness in the day of judgment because love has been perfected in me. 
Love has been perfected in me. And so I can stand with boldness knowing that I walk in the fullness of God. So whenever judgment day comes, I don't have to be fearful. Let's go on. It says, because as he is. I want you to say right there where you're at, say as he is. As he is. As God is. As he is, so are we in this world. We stand boldly in the day of judgment because as Jesus is, so are we in this world. And then he says, there's no fear in love. So if love has been perfected in me, and there's no fear in love, then I can say there's no fear in me. I want to just start out today with you saying that, there's no fear in me. Now, maybe you don't even know if you believe that right now. I believe by the end of this, you're going to. But I just want you to say it out with as much confidence as you can muster, and say there is no fear in me. Say it again, there is no fear in me in me because there's no fear in love but perfect there's that word again completion whole come to maturity completed love perfect love violently drives out fear why is there no fear in me because love has been perfected in me and if love has been perfected in me and there's no fear in love because perfect love which is what I have, perfect love drives out fear. Now, why don't we walk in perfect love if we have perfect love? Because as we've talked about this week in the daily lessons, we've got three dimensions of a man. We've got a spirit, we've got a soul, and we've got a body. And many of us live from the outside in instead of the inside out. If we live from the inside out, love has been completed in us. But when we start to live by the external, the things that we see all around us, the voices that are screaming at us, as we begin to live and to walk according to the flesh, then we begin to fall short of that completed love that's on the inside of us. But God has given us everything that we need to be successful in this life. Perfect love casts out fear. This is why. Because fear involves torment. Now, I struggled with this a little bit because I looked up the word torment, and when I looked it up, it said that the word torment meant punishment. Fear involves punishment. So then I began to think, and I asked God, I said, God, explain that to me. How does fear involve punishment, and what does that have to do with perfect love? As I went about my week, God began to expand this idea on the inside of me that that love casts out fear because fear involves torment. The whole idea of love is that God loves you so much that he doesn't want to see you hurting. That's why he doesn't want you to sin. Because he doesn't want to see you hurting. Because he doesn't want to see you broken. He knows that the wages or the consequences or the price for sin is death. And so whenever there's a cycle of sin in our life, then there's a cycle of death in our life. And we see it over and over again through our relationships. We see it in our job. We see it in in the things that we do every single day. That we have to deal with the effects of the times we have fallen short. But Jesus made a way that those
those things are gone and everything is made new. So why is it important that love is perfected in us and that love drives out fear because fear is an effect of a fallen world and a lack of trust in the one who has provided everything for me. And if I lack that trust in Jesus, then I begin to look around at the world and I think I can't do this. And we live our life with anxiety. We live our life with torment. We live our life in with stress with lack of sleep we have health side effects because of the stress that's in our life and we experience all those things because we're not living from the inside out we're not living through the perfect love that's inside of us if you understood just how much God loves you then you would never ever wonder for a day in your life if God is going to take care of you You'll never wonder, because I'm a son of God. You can say I'm a daughter of God. I'm a child of God. And I stand today knowing that my father has taken care of me. And he's taken care of me because he loves me. And that love has been perfected in me. So I don't have to fear what comes. I don't have to have anxiety. I don't have to stress. Because I know who my God is. I know who my source is. I know who my provider is. Maybe some of you would say, man, I know God. Yeah, I, I, I love God. I, I, I want to follow God, but I still battle with these things, and I just can't, I can't get over it. The fact of the matter is, on your own, you can't. But through Jesus, he's provided a way. So he says, fear involves torment. And he who fears is not made perfect in love. I want you to look on here. It says in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, and we're going to bring all this to a, a, a centralized point today. In Matthew 11, verse 28, it says, Come to me, all you who labor and all you who are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Come to me, all you who labor and all you who are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. So the first part of that, it says, come to me, all you who labor. All you who labor, come to me. I want you to notice there that the word labor, it means those that are just tired from working a lot. Anybody ever get tired from working a lot? Man, you're working a lot of overtime, or you just had a ton of things at work, and it just seems to be piling up, and you're just tired. I know that a lot of times we've worked all week, we reach, reach the weekend, and it's time for church, and we're like, you know what, I am just too tired. I'm just going to, I'm going to sleep. I, 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 I just don't even have the energy. But Jesus says here, come to me, all who are just tired, because you've been doing a lot and I will give you rest. I believe this, that if we put God first, He gives us supernatural rest. If you put God first, He gives you supernatural rest. I've experienced it time and time and time again in my life. Put God first, He'll give you rest. Here it says, come to me all you who labor, and then it says, are heavy laden. Now when I begin to study that word, those two words there, heavy laden, it means this, literally 
one who is overcome with anxiety because of things that have happened that are beyond their control. Doesn't that ring a bell for today? Maybe you're heavy laden today because of something that was way beyond out of your control. Somebody ate a bat in China, right? That's beyond my control. But then today I'm experiencing the effects of it and I'm heavy laden. I just have this, this, this anxiety. I have these things that I'm dealing with and that I'm going through and I didn't even choose this. Well, Jesus says, come to me. You could say, all who are fearful, and I will give you rest. That word rest, I love it. I love the word of God. Guys, I encourage you, and this is a side note, I encourage you, open up a scripture and begin to look up what the words mean. All it takes is one, just take one, one passage, one scripture, maybe your favorite scripture. For whatever reason, it's your favorite scripture. I believe that even in your favorite scripture, that you can learn something else in your favorite scripture. That God can take you deeper. Take your favorite scripture, begin to look up the words. Maybe even Google, what is the context of Matthew chapter 11, verse 28? You can look and see where Jesus was when he's speaking those words. Well, what did that mean? Why did he say those words in that time? Start asking yourself those questions. I found that as I begin to ask those questions, well, why did he say this? Well, where was he at when he was talking about, well, who was he talking to? Why did he choose this time to say these words? As you begin to open that up, take as long as you need. We, all we have is time. Just say, God, show me this in a deeper way. I'm telling you, if you're like, the Bible is boring, I, I, I have really have trouble reading the Bible. I hear that a lot. I really have trouble reading the Bible. I really have trouble understanding the Bible. If that's you, and you say, I really have trouble understanding, or I really have trouble reading it, or, or every time I start reading it, I fall asleep, maybe change your habits. Begin to dive into it. Look up the words. We have the greatest technology in the world at our fingertips all the time. And if we can sit and watch TikTok videos for hours and hours and hours, then we can look up some words in the scripture so that we can understand it a little better. Amen? Praise God. You don't have to shout on that one. You can just silently agree, all right? You can't disagree, though, because I'm right. Come to me, all who are tired from working or those who are stressed out, and I will give you rest. I will give you a repeated and an intense reprieve from the pressure. I will give you a repeated and an intense reprieve from the pressure. Come to me and I'm going to give you a repeated and an intense rest. Amen? Praise God. Praise God. I believe this, that the reason why we struggle with rest, the reason why we struggle even with this passage right here and we try to do things on our own is not because we don't want to. It's because we have a trust issue. We have a trust issue. If I'm not controlling it, how many people say, I like to drive, I want to drive because I want to be in control? How many of y'all say that? A lot of y'all say that, I know. I don't ever want to drive. Um, but how many of y'all say, I want to drive because I like to be in control, right? 
How many of you, when you're sitting in the passenger seat, are putting your foot through the floorboard because you're trying to press that chicken brake that you had in driver's ed, right? <laughs> you have to have that bar that you can grab onto, right? And then you have your other hand so you can go like that. I believe we have a trust issue. We want to control, and there's things that are beyond our control. Well, how does Jesus give us rest? Well, how do these things happen? We have a trust issue because we want control. But the way we overcome that is in the knowledge of Jesus. And the knowledge of Jesus. I believe that our trust issue is over time and time and time again where we've been let down by people. We've become callous. We've become broken on the inside. And when you were little, you didn't have any kind of a trust issue. Just, you're going to be taken care of. You just know it. My kids, they don't ever wonder. They're just, they're going to be taken care of. They know there's going to be food. Where's it come from? I don't know. Mom and dad, the store? Well, how do you get it? Um, I guess they use money. Well, where does the money come from? I don't know, but we always have enough. We always have what we need. There's always an element of the unknown in trust. What am I going to do when I'm up against a wall? I'm just, I'm going to trust Jesus. Well, how's it going to work? Well, he's made a way for me. But what specifically is he going to do to come through? I don't know. I don't know, but, but I've got to trust. But I've got to trust. And the way I trust is through the knowledge of him. It says here in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3, as his divine power, say divine power, as his divine power, say it again, divine power, as his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue. He has given us all things that pertain to life and pertain to godliness through the knowledge of him. How does knowing him provide everything that we need for life and godliness, I believe this, that when we know him, we trust him. And the more we know him, the more we trust him. And as I know him and I trust him, then I don't fear for those things and I don't experience the side effects of fear in my life, but I realize that he is perfect love and perfect love has been perfected in me. And as he is, so am I. And so I begin to walk every day in perfect love. Now, all of these things, we've talked a whole lot about fear, about the fear part of this, fear. But we haven't talked a lot about the faith part. But what I'm saying is this, that as we grow in the knowledge of Him, then our faith grows. So how do we have faith over fear that's not just a meme or a t-shirt? I believe we have faith over fear through the knowledge of Him. Why do I scream all the time, watch the daily lessons? Why do I scream all the time, open up the Word of God and, and let the Holy Spirit reveal truth to you? Why do I harp on all the time that we have got to grow in the knowledge of God? And you need to be at church, and you need to be around the people of God, and you need to be communicating with the people of God, and you need to speak out those things. 
It's because I know that you struggle with anxiety in your life. It's because I know that you struggle with your relationships. I know that you have struggles in your life over finances. I know that your family is a mess and you just need some help. And I know that you have best intentions, but our best intentions are not good enough until we know the the knowledge of Him and we grow in the knowledge of Him. And as you do, then you have faith that overcomes your fear. And it's not just a meme. And it's not just a t-shirt. And it's not just something that we hashtag. But it becomes a lifestyle of faith over fear. It's not something that happens overnight. But it's something that we grow in every single day as we know Him more. Praise God. Praise God. I believe that we overcome fear by stirring up our gift. You guys, sometimes I sound like a broken record talking about purpose. You've heard me say it a lot, and if you don't know it by now, I want you to know it. Purpose will save your life. Purpose will save your life. If you're following purpose, you'll overcome fear. If you're following purpose, you'll overcome fear. Let me prove it to you. In 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 6, it says, Therefore I remind you to stir up the gift of God that is in you through the laying on of my hands. Verse 7 is our favorite scripture on fear. But we don't tend to pay attention to verse 6 in the context of verse 7. Our favorite scripture on fear is this, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power, a spirit of love, and a spirit of sound mind. See, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but that's in the context of stirring up the gift of God that is inside of you. I believe that you overcome fear by stirring up the gift of God in you. That you have faith over fear because I know that I can step out and I can accomplish what God has called me to because He has spoken to me. Because He's never let me down. Because I have knowledge of Him and His sacrifice. I have knowledge of His death, burial, and resurrection. And I know that my God has not given me a spirit of fear, but He's given me a spirit of power and of love and a sound mind. And every time I begin to be fearful about the future, I think that things may not work out for me. Every time I begin to open up that bank app and I look at that balance and I don't know how it's going to work and I don't know how we're going to make it. And every time I look at the fact that it's 2020, and I'm still single. Every time I look at the fact that I just got into a relationship and it wasn't what I thought it was and I repeated the cycle again. And I put myself in that situation again and I begin to try and make it happen on my own and I don't think that there can ever be a way. I need to stir up the gift of God that's in me. Because as anxiety comes and fear comes, and it begins to grip me, and it begins to hold me, I need to stir up the gift of God that is in me. And know 
that he who began a good work in me is faithful to complete the good work in me and that if he started something in me, he's going to finish something in me and I begin to grow in the knowledge of him. I begin to stir up what his callings and his purposes are and God will not leave me where I'm at if he's called me to go somewhere greater and so I'm just going to surrender and say it's not about me. God, it's about you and it's about your purposes and it's about your plans for me and I'm not going to grow weary and I'm not going to be heavy laden and I'm not going to be overrun with stress and anxiety and trying to make it all happen on my own. I'm just going to focus on the gift that you gave me and I'm going to move forward and I'm going to trust you. As I begin to study this, I ask God, God, give me, this is all like real good and I'm telling you what, I'm preaching real good today. But I asked God, I said, I need, I need uh, an example. God, I need something that, that you can, that, that the people, that I can just grab onto. I need a picture. God, give me a picture. And he sent me to this passage in 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 8. There's eight verses here. 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 8. And we'll go all the way through verse 16. It starts off and it says, Now the king of Syria, very interesting. I told you to look up words. This word, Syria, and what those words mean, brought all this together. So the king of Syria, I'll tell you what it means in a minute. That means you're going to have to pay attention for like three minutes, all right? So the king of Syria was making war against Israel. Now, Israel, these are God's chosen people, all right? These are the ones that God brought out of the out of uh, out of the the um, out of Egypt is what I'm trying to say, and into the promised land. These are God's people. It says now the king of Syria was making war against Israel, and he consulted with his servants saying, "My camp will be in such and such a place." Now, this is just an example, right? This is something that was happening a lot. He was saying, this is where my camp's going to be. Now, look. And a man of God sent to the king of Israel saying, beware that you do not pass this place for the Syrians are coming down there. And the king of Israel sent someone to the place of which the man of God had told him Thus he warned him, and he was watchful there, not just once or twice. Therefore the king of Syria was greatly troubled by this thing. And he called his servants with him, saying, Will you not show me which of us is for the king of Israel? And one of his servants says, None, my lord. But Elisha, the prophet who is in Israel, tells the king of Israel the words that you say even when you're in your bedroom. What he's saying here is it didn't even matter where his camp was going to be. My camp's in such and such place. It doesn't even matter where it is. And they would go there, and before they go there, the king of Israel had sent people there to battle them and to overcome them, and everywhere that they went, their plan was upended because the power of God was moving with his people. This is so important 
Because when we see and we begin to understand that the battle does not belong to us, it belongs to the Lord. When we begin to understand that Satan may try and come against us, but as Paul wrote, we are not ignorant of his devices. We know what he's trying to do, and we call on the Holy Spirit on the inside of us to lead us and to show us things to come because he's the spirit of truth. Then we recognize the enemy's attacks, and we don't have to be fearful of them because we know that we've overcome them. We don't have to be fearful because we already know what he's going to do. Now, this word Syria, it means a great castle or a great wall. A great castle or a great wall. That's going to be very important here in just a minute. So I want you to remember the word Syria means a great castle or a great wall. You could say a fortress, okay? So let's go down. It says, So he said, meaning the king of Syria, he said, Go and see where he, meaning the prophet Elisha, go and see where he is. If he's the one that's blowing up all my plans, if he's the one that keeps coming against me and keeps telling, telling the king of Israel where I'm going to be at, and so we can't get ahead, let's just take that guy out. Do you ever feel that way? Do you ever feel like they're just hunting for you? Let's just take this guy out. Some of us crumble when we feel hunted. But not this guy. So the prophet Elisha was telling the king of Israel every move that the Syrians were going to make through the Spirit of God. And snitches get stitches, right? So they're going to go and get him. And the king of Syria says... Let's find out where he's at. And they said, well, surely he's in Dothan. So the king of Syria, he sent horses, he sent chariots, he sent a great army there to take out this prophet, this messenger. And they came by night and they surrounded the city. They surrounded the city. You know, sometimes it seems like it's just overnight that fear begins to grip us. Sometimes it feels like it's overnight that there's this fortress, it seems, all around us just like the Syrians were surrounding the man of God who was just trying to do what was right. And he's surrounding the man of God. And the walls are beginning to close in and there's a fortress and there's no hope and there's no escape. Isn't that what anxiety does to us? Isn't that what fear does to us? Fear grips us in such a way that we feel like we can't move on. Fear grips us in such a way that we feel like the walls are closing in and there's a fortress around us. It may as well be a castle that we cannot overcome. But look at this. It says here that when the servant of the man of God arose, he went out. Can you imagine this dude? He's just a servant. He's a hired hand. He's hanging out, taking care of the prophet, helping out with whatever he needs. And he wakes up one day, and he walks outside to get the newspaper or whatever he's doing out there. And he sees this army that's just surrounding them. He walks out, and he's like, whoa. 
this is not going to be a good day, man. And so he runs back in. And he says to the man of God, Master, Master, what, what are we going to do? We're not military people. We can't go out there and fight. There's horses. There's chariots. They're surrounding us. I'm having an attack right now because fear is gripping me. I can imagine this guy was shaking. He was trembling. He was completely overcome with fear. Now, what did the man of God, Elisha, say? He said, do not fear. Because those who are with us are more than those that are without us. Those that are with us are more than those that are without us. See, Elisha knew his God. Elisha knew his God. And he had faith over fear. He remembered his purpose, and his purpose was that that he was calling out to God's chosen people, and he was saying, look, there's something over there. Don't go over there. Look, they're going to try to build a wall right here. Look, there's a fortress over here that's going to try and block you. There's an attack coming right over here. And his purpose was to call out and to keep the people of God on top. And so the enemy came straight to his doorstep. And he surrounded him. And the servant was terrified. But the prophet said, no, don't fear. Elisha said, do not fear. Because those that are with us are more. I guarantee you the servant was like, what are you talking about? Those that are with us are more. I, I, I count. The, you see, there's you and there's, and there's me. So hold on, let me do this another way. There's, there's me and there's you. Hold on, let me, let me go outside. One, two, three. There's already more of them. And there's two of us. And they're soldiers. And they have horses. And they have chariots. And they've told us we can't work. And oil is negative. And I can't even go to the grocery store. Because I don't know if I'm going to touch something. And somebody else might have touched something. And I don't know. And I don't know how long this is going to last. Because some say it's about over, and some say it's not, and some say it can last for two years, and some say, and, I, and I, I just don't know. And in the meantime, I don't know how to respond, because I never learned how to have a family. Because I never focused on my relationship. We just center around activities all the time. And she does her thing and I do my thing and we 
kids do their thing. And, and now there's tension. There's tension in the house. And I just want to be better. I don't want to, I don't want to lose everything. And it, it just, it's piling up. I don't know what to do. Master, what are we going to do? Master, and I believe the reason why we're seeing revival in our land today is because we're crying out to God out of desperation because we don't know what to do. We got so comfortable in the way that we were living. And it wasn't good, but I was getting through. And God says, no, 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 I don't, I don't want you to just get through. I've called you to a life of extraordinary, not a life of just getting through. I haven't called you to just keeping your head above the water every day. I've called you to thrive in this life. And so let me break down your walls because I'm here to tell you today that those that are for us are more than those that are against us. And Elisha looked at his servant and he said, God, open up his eyes. I'm pointing through the camera today and I'm saying, God, open up their eyes. God, open up their eyes. God, open up my eyes. Open up our eyes. So we can see your purpose. So we can see your plan. God, so we can see that those that are for us are more than those that are against us. And when the servant walked outside again, he saw that standing behind the army, standing beside what he thought was a great fortress that they could not overcome, were armies of God with swords of fire and chariots and horses and they were surrounding the army of Syria and the servant realized because his eyes were open that those that were for were greater than those that were against and he turned and had faith over fear Today I'm calling you to have faith over fear. Not just a meme. Not just a t-shirt, not just a hashtag. But to live faith over fear. How does faith respond? Faith believes God. How does faith respond? Faith focuses on purpose. How does faith respond? Faith is a light in a dark world. We're not going to respond out of fear, church. We're not going to respond out of fear. I see Christians on social media and in conversations that I have that are responding every day out of fear. You know what? I don't have to fear what the government's going to do because I trust my God. And I believe that unto me a Savior was born and the government is on His shoulders. I don't have to fear. I don't have to fear coronavirus. I don't have to fear the market crashing. I don't have to fear because I trust my God. Because the knowledge of Him and my knowledge base of Him is that He always comes through for me. I don't always know how. I don't always know where it's going to come from. 
I'm here to tell you this, a personal testimony. There's been two times in my life where I didn't know where the next dollar was going to come from. And both times, and this is, to some extent, this is one of them. Both of those times in my life, I was the busiest that I've ever been because God provided. I don't know what tomorrow holds, but I know he's provided for tomorrow. I don't know what the next day holds, but I know he's provided for that. Next week, next month, May 15th, restrictions change, maybe not, I don't know. June 1st, I don't know. But I know that God's provided for me through his divine power. He's given me everything that I need for life and for godliness through the knowledge of him. And as I grow in the knowledge of him, then my faith grows stronger and fear is cast out because love is perfected in me. Amen? Hallelujah. Praise God, guys. Let's pray. Father God, we give you thanks and we give you honor today for your goodness and your love that you show to us. God, I thank you that you've caused us not just to survive, but to thrive. And you've raised us up beyond this. You've raised us and you've called us to something bigger. We give you thanks in Jesus' name. If you're sitting at home today or wherever you're watching this, at work or wherever, I want to ask you today, if you don't know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, I want to invite you to ask him into your life. We talked extensively about it today. Jesus Christ came to this earth. He died for us. And he rose again. And he put to death all of our wrongdoings. And today, when we receive him into our life, we're made new, clean, blameless. And sin doesn't have a grip on us anymore. I want to invite you to the family of God. Say this prayer with me. Now, when we're sitting in church and everybody is in here and we've got chairs full, I say, repeat it with me. Because no one prays alone. We want to join together as a show of support for those who are praying for the first time. Well, today, I want to say the same thing. We're showing spiritual support for those all over this world that may be watching today that haven't invited Jesus in. And so if you're sitting at home and you're a Christian, I'm going to ask you to pray this prayer with me as support. If you're sitting at home or at work or wherever, and you haven't ever asked Jesus into your life, please say this prayer with me. Say, Jesus, I believe that you're God's son. I believe that you died for me. And I believe that you rose again. And I ask you to come into my life to help me and to change me. And I give my life to you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you once again for joining us today online. We value you and we want to hear from you. If you made a decision for Christ today, you can select I Choose Jesus on our website. And we've got a couple videos for you to watch so that you can get started on your walk with God. We've also got a free ebook that you can download right from our website called I Choose Jesus. And I want to encourage you to do that. Once again, thank you for joining us and remember that God is madly in love.